Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. What am I be talking about today? Our thankfulness. And I, I didn't even, you know, it's funny. I said I didn't even think about really that it was like Thanksgiving this week. And you're like, there's no way. But I, I actually in this message wasn't thinking about this. This was part of this series that we had, you know, Tori and I had been praying about and, and thinking about and going over. And one of, uh, one of the, the things that, that came was to guard our heart with gratitude or thankfulness. And, you know, that Is, is an essential thing for us. And so I'm going to be talking about that, about being thankful and how our heart is. And, and you know, so, you know, I'm trying to think if, if you, has anybody ever had those moments where, um, you know, something's happened that's been good, you know, maybe somebody gave you something. It could even be like a gift or done something for you or even as little as, okay, so a little story about myself. Sometimes I, I forget, like even in like a drive-thru and, 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 you know, you get your food and, and they say, you know, something to you like, oh, here you go, have a great day. And, and in these little moments, like, Sometimes you don't think about like thanking them or saying you too or have a great day or you know all these things, but but I guess what I want to get to today, and it's gonna be way more deep and biblical than this, but but our hearts should go toward the thankfulness and toward the gratitude and toward the the reaching out and not just thinking about ourselves because many times that's what is happening like I'm thinking about what I'm doing that day and all the stuff I have to get through or do or the meetings or the whatever you know and and somebody you know says something to you you're like yeah yeah okay instead of having that that thankfulness or that gratitude of what they've done or how they've given you something, or whatever it is. And as we talk in this series about watchmen, we need to watch to be a guard over our heart. And, and I, again, I say this all the time, but like I'm, I'm going to say this about myself just as much as I say it about anybody else. But sometimes we get just in these modes of being frustrated or, you know, grumbling and complaining and, and, you know, just maybe even being angry or whatever and not realizing there's so much that we could be thankful for. And so many times we miss those things and don't even see the things that we could be thankful for because we're so focused on complaining. But you know, that's what the devil tries to get us to do. 
See, he, he is actively working in us to try to get us away from seeing what God is doing in our lives, right? Like if you're not, you know, actively walking your relationship out with God and sometimes it seems easy, it's because why does the enemy need to fight something that's not even going anywhere, you know? And because I've had these moments like, man, this, like, there's so many great things and I feel like God is just doing all this stuff in my life. And then the next week, it's like a train comes and just runs over you, you know? And you're like, what? What just happened? Like God was doing all this stuff and then I felt it moving and, and then all of a sudden, it's like train wreck, you know? And I, I say this sometimes whenever people are getting crazy and I probably need to say it to myself, but say, hey, train wreck, this ain't your station. You don't stop here. But it's what's funny is, like, that's what we need to say to the devil. When he's trying to come and to attack us or it's trying to come and bring some mess into our life because God's trying to move us into a new place or a new season and you feel all this stuff, we've got to tell ourselves and the devil, say, hey, train wreck, this ain't your station. You're not going to stop in that anger, in that grumbling, that complaining. You're not going to bring that into my life. You're not stopping here. You can continue on. <laughs> Grandma and Vernon like that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't come up with that, but I say it a lot. John 8, 44, it says, you are of your father, the devil. Now, I'm not saying this to you guys, but sometimes I feel like we need to say it to ourselves. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's who our enemy is. He is continually coming to lie and to deceive and to bring that into our hearts so that we will not be in the place that we should be with God in that relationship that we have with Him. So we need to be watchmen and stand watch, stand guard. To guard our heart from that attack that's going to come. It's going to come. I don't know when, but it's going to come. It always does. But that doesn't matter. Imagine if you had this battle cry. This battle cry that you could just cry out that the enemy could not stand against. That, that he could not... He, he does not have enough strength to break through this battle cry as you're standing guard over your heart. And that battle cry, it's not the same thing every time, but you know what the, the heart of that battle cry is? Is thankfulness. If we can... can Turn ourselves to being thankful and grateful and thanking God 
for what he's done. You're like, well, what, what is it? I mean, what if I can't find it? You, you are alive. Find something. I mean, look, I'll tell you. I go, I go through these things all the time. And many times, Tori has to remind me what I preach. You know? It's like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, you know, why does this have to happen? Or why do we have to go through this? Or why, you know, this or that is happening? And, and she's like, is there anything to be thankful for? Do you just want to just focus on the bad stuff? And let that rule your life? I'm like, yeah, I probably did say that just last week, didn't I? Um, you know, and those moments happen. But can we be ready with that battle cry? Can we be ready with that shield that is the thankfulness of our heart? So I'm going to go to Colossians 2 and kind of work through this scripture, but I'm going to read it all, Colossians 2, 1 through 8, first. And it says, for I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance and understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Okay, that was kind of a lot, but I want to to hopefully look into this scripture and kind of build up this, this place of how he is telling us that we can live strong, what he says, rooted. Rooted, what does that mean? Rooted means, like a tree, we all know this, but I'll say it again. If a tree doesn't have strong roots that go deep, that go wide, that, that are stable, it cannot survive, and it won't, well, it, at least it won't grow. You know those um, little bonsai trees, you know, cute little trees? They stay that way because they can't grow roots. And I think about that sometimes. I, I've always wanted to actually have one, but it's a lot of work, you know, and I'm like, do I have the time? Anyway, side note, just rabbit trail, but but so many times we live like that bonsai tree that aren't rooted, that our roots don't grow down. And we're like, hey, we're a tree. I, I'm, a, I'm a tree. I'm a Christian. I know God. But I'm just one of those little bitty ones. 
I'm just one of those little guys. I just kind of stay here and look like a tree, but I don't do everything that a big tree does. All right, you guys, you're like, okay, okay, okay. So Paul says, this conflict I have for you, and I had to look this up because I'm like, okay, conflict, what exactly is he talking about? And this word, in the Greek, it it means this effort or anxiety or contention or fight or race. Actually, it's used sometimes as like a... a, um, like a gathering of a, of a competition. But as he's using it here, this like figuratively, like this place that I'm in, he's saying, I have this contention and this, this fight in me and, and I've been fighting through these things. And I've been doing that for you because I want to see you to move forward in your faith that I can't see you right now in, in this conflict. He's He's actually writing these things while he's in prison. Stephen so has this very physical conflict all around him. But he's saying, I, I have this fight in me, this conflict in me, to, for you to be able to live in the fullness of who God is. Being rooted and built up in him. He's saying this conflict in him is is for their their hearts to be encouraged, that you can be encouraged. And I'm going to take a little little journey in this scripture and hopefully kind of build it up that there's these steps I believe he's taking us on to be in the right place to have our hearts be thankful so that our hearts can stay in the right place. And the first thing that he says, he says, I've been thinking and, and, and praying real hard and striving and, and have this conflict for you that your hearts may be encouraged. And not only that, that your hearts would be encouraged, because that's great to just say, but as you're encouraged in yourself, and that you would be knit together in love. And what does he mean, knit together? Knit to, you know, I, I don't do knitting, but um, actually my daughter was making some stuff this last week, and I was like, hey, that's really, really good. But to see that come together where she's putting those threads together and wrapping them around each other and there's, you know, just one thread, but it starts binding together to where it creates this beautiful, like, peace, you know? And that they don't come apart, they're locked together. And so I believe he's saying that we be locked together with who? First of all, with Christ, but then with those that are like-minded, with those. Like, why do we come here to church to be knit together? I mean, it's amazing. I love that we have live stream and that you can watch services even after Sunday and, you know, and, and go back and watch them. And that's an amazing thing. But in that, 
you're not able to be knit together. So you need to have a place so that you can come together with others. And when you say, man, I've been struggling. Have you been around anybody else that can help you? Have you been in a place where there is love and encouragement that they can come and stand by you and lift you up in that moment that you need that help? That's being knit together. That your hearts may be encouraged and knit together in love so that, so in Colossians 2, 2, that your hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and it says, and attaining, but I, I want to read it like this, so that you can attain all the riches of the full, full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both the Father and of the Christ. So you see that progression. Yes, I want to I gain that full understanding of, of the knowledge of who God is and Christ is. I want to come into that place where, where I know more and I feel him here with me and I can just have him on the top of my mind and, and, and be speaking into those situations when something comes around. But that doesn't just happen. I mean, it can in moments, even if we're not ready for it, God can do that. But how do we, if we want, and how does God ask us to prepare for those moments? By being encouraged and knit together with those around us in love. So that we can attain all those riches of the understanding and the knowledge and the mystery of God. If you want to know God better, love people. You say, I, I want to get closer to God. I, I want to know Him more. I want to learn more who He is and, and be more who He's called me to be. Love people. And further than that, love your enemy. Like, well, I don't know about that. So how does he say, Paul say, to guard our heart? He says that this struggle that I'm going through for you, he says to have this burden leads to love. Love leads to understanding of who God is. And that understanding leads to strong encouragement. And that encouragement guards our hearts from delusion. So we go to verse 8. says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. So he's built up this, this kind of 
plan of how you are built up and rooted in who Christ is and who God is so that you will be ready. So he says here in verse 8, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. How do you do that? By that encouragement and being knit together in love so that you can come into a greater understanding of who God is to know Him better. As I know Him more, I am more able to fight off those attacks because I understand who He is and know that He is for me, that we know that He is for us. We know that He's faithful. We know that He's good. We know that He has good for all of those that come into His family, those that love Him. Right? But then we go to verse 6, and and he's saying, beware, in verse 8, beware. But how? Again. And in verse 6, it kind of wraps up those first five verses. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. So there's this, it's like the cherry on the top. There's all this stuff that we need to do, right? Being knit together, coming together, having people around us that help strengthen us and help encourage us, even help correct us. I know that's not one that we like to hear, but it's one that we need to hear. Whenever I'm out on my own, think I'm doing the right thing, or you are, we can think we're doing the right thing and be completely off base, or maybe just a little bit. But as we continue walking, we get further and further away from who God is, thinking all the while that we're right there with Him when I'm on my own. But if I have others around me, if you have others around you that are able to be there in that moment, they can, you know, give you a nudge, maybe a shove, maybe a kick in the pants. I don't know. But they can help you to be in that place that you're supposed to be. But then that cherry on top is is the abounding it. See, he's saying, like, we need all this stuff. We need to walk this way and and to love and encourage and be together so that we can be rooted in this understanding and, and this knowledge of who Christ is. But all of that needs to be wrapped up in this abundance of thanksgiving. Because if we're not thankful, we're not going to actually continue to walk this out because we're going to get discouraged. We're going to get tired and say, well, is it really actually? That's the problem, isn't it? You know, when we can't have our hearts focused toward thankfulness, it's going to go to the grumbling and complaining. 
And even though things are good, you're going to be like, how long do I have to continue walking this out? But whenever I have an abundance, when you have an abundance of thanksgiving in your heart, you are going to, you know, you see those people, they're just so happy. They're just skipping along. You're like, how are they so happy? I bet that they are thankful for what's happened to them or what's happened in them or what God's done in them. So if I could wrap that, that whole scripture up, that this thankfulness, the gratitude that's in our heart and this thankfulness that we have toward God is is really a, a completion. It's a wrapping it all up and completion, right? And I'm not going to go into this story, but actually Anna shared this uh, in the huddle today about the, the lepers that, that came and were healed. And there was a bunch of them that were healed, right? But one came back. to be thankful, and to say something out of his mouth. Thank you so much for doing this. And what does it say? They were all healed, and I, I can't completely wrap my mind around this and don't know exactly what it means because it doesn't tell us all of it, but they were all healed, but that one that was thankful was made whole. It doesn't say this, but, you know, when... You have leprosy. Parts of your body, the, the nerves become uh, dead and, and those like appendages start dying off and like in your nose, and your fingertips, your toes. And, and eventually, you know, things happen to where they start, person with leprosy starts losing their fingers, even like the tip of their nose. You know, it could be because they burn them because they can't feel their fingers or different things like that. So these people with leprosy probably had missing fingers, missing toes, you know, maybe, you know, just different things in them or on their body that were gone. All of them were healed and didn't have leprosy anymore. But I believe what this is saying, that story is saying, is that the one that was thankful that came back and spoke that was made whole. I bet you all of a sudden his fingers and toes started growing back. None of them had leprosy anymore, but there was one of them that you couldn't even tell that he had leprosy before. I See, I, I want to be like that. You See, that thankfulness, that gratitude that comes out of your mouth in those moments, even when they're, right? Like, I've been through mess. I've had fingers chopped off. I, I haven't, but you know what I mean. Like, feels like sometimes my hand's been chopped off in moments. And God done, has done something and, and, and restored that moment, and, and that's over. 
but I want to be so thankful for him and getting me out of that situation that it, I can't even tell that I was ever in that situation. That there's a wholeness and a completion to what God has done because of the thankfulness that comes out of our heart. So thankfulness is, is an essential guardian of our heart. As a, as a watchman, that battle cry coming out of us should be thanksgiving for everything. I say, you say, everything? Yeah. I, I can actually probably think of moments that were some of the worst times in my life that I can, you know, it's easy now afterwards to be thankful. But when I go through those things, I would love to be able to say, God, thank you so much for this crushing, you know? Thank you so much for this mess that I have to walk through. And I wonder how much easier it would be and how much faster we could get through it if we were that way. But like I was saying, I can, I can see now so many ways that I could be thankful for different seasons that weren't great seasons in my life. But what if our hearts were turned in that direction of thankfulness even in those moments? In Romans 1, 21, it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, although they knew God, they didn't glorify Him by being thankful. See, this is the opposite of what I'm talking about, and what happens when we aren't operating in that gratitude and that thankfulness. It says, they knew God, but they didn't glorify Him by giving Him thanks in that season that they were in, so they ended up turning to their own way, and their hearts were darkened. I don't want my heart to be darkened. I don't know about you. I want my heart to be bright and light and happy. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why, why does it feel like everything bad happens to me? Well, it's because you're only thinking about the bad stuff. It's because you're only saying the bad stuff. What if you were thankful? What if? Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Or you could say being watchful, being watchful in it or by thanksgiving. So be watchful. I love this. <laughs> continue earnestly in prayer. Just pray. Look, pray without ceasing. 
How do I do that? Just be thinking about God all the time, talking to Him, asking Him things. I spend my 10 minutes in the morning before I go to work. Great. But throughout the whole day, you know, I, my dad's talked so much about this. Pastor Rick, if you don't know, that's my dad. Um, you know, about prayer. I even wrote a book on it. You should get it. But I've heard so so many stories. You know, you got all the stories about like, you know, how do you pray that much? How do you pray for six hours? This pastor prays for six hours, you know, and these are the stories I've heard from my dad and he's preached them and you may have heard them too. And you get in this place where like, how, how can I pray that? I can't do that. I can't be that good of a Christian where I can pray. I got to go to work. I've got five kids. How can I pray for six hours a day like this guy or that lady? How can I do that? And then you realize that prayer isn't just about being on your knees. Prayer is your heart geared toward God and who He is and talking to Him. Yes, sometimes you need to get on your knees. You need that. You need those moments. But what if you can always have your heart toward God, thanking Him for what He's, right? It says, and being watchful by thanksgiving in prayer. Just thanking Him for what He's done. I can get in the car and thank Him that my car started. I can get in the car and thank Him that I have a mode of transportation to get where I'm going. I can get to work and thank Him for being in a place that I can Make money to take care of my family. I, I, there's so many things. And I can be in that mode of just speaking with Him all day long. That is how you do it. So many times. And, and look, I... This, this is our human bent, if you will, to fall asleep in prayer. For our hearts to fall asleep, for even physically to fall asleep. Because I will say, you don't have to say it. I'll call myself out. There have been many times when I'm trying to spend time with God and you just doze off, you know? You're like, what? Yeah, it happens. It happens, especially if you're sitting in a nice comfy chair, you know, like, oh, I'm going to spend time with God. And you're like, you shouldn't have done it in that lazy boy. <laughs> in Matthew 26, 41, or 40, you know what? I may not have given you 40, but it's fine. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said, Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's what it is. The flesh is weak. Can you not just watch and pray and not fall asleep? And not fall asleep on God. When he's interceding for you, 
You know, that's what I think about in this. You know, Jesus was out there praying, weeping, and his disciples, and I'm going to relate that to us, to me, to you, that he is interceding for us. He is there. He is watching out for us. He's praying for us. He's speaking life over us. He's he's given us everything that we need, And, and we get in this moment and just fall asleep. But I want our hearts to be so overjoyed with thanksgiving that I can't possibly fall asleep whenever I'm talking to him. I can't possibly fall asleep when he's moving and when he's doing something that that I am just giddy jumping up and down. How do we do that? We do it with thanksgiving. Do it with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Sometimes I think that we feel like that this scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with grumbling and complaining, let your request be made known to God. But that's not what it says. And and I will tell you that sometimes just The thankfulness in our heart changes the situation. You know, we can wartime pray for a situation, you know, that's going on in our lives or our family or our kids or whatever's happening that is like, God, I need you. And we're like praying so hard. Like, God, it's not happening. But I will tell you, if you change your heart from that being scared and being anxious. It says, be anxious for nothing, but come to God in prayer with thanksgiving. And as we come to Him with thanksgiving, with that thankfulness in our heart, things change. I don't know how it happens that way. One thing I know is that for us, we change. And I hate to say it this way, but sometimes we're probably the problem anyways. God, you need to work this out. He's like, stop messing it up then, man. Like, just, what are you doing? What are you doing down there? Keep asking me to fix this, and you're breaking it while I'm fixing it. But if our hearts come with thanksgiving, in verse 7, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow! Woo! That thanksgiving doesn't even just, it doesn't just mean that my heart will be guarded by my thanksgiving. 
by my being thankful that my heart will be guarded. But whenever I come with thanksgiving and talk to God, then that peace that he has that passes all understanding that I can't possibly understand all of who of what his peace is and how it works and how I'm peaceful in this crazy situation that I'm in, but I've got peace because his peace passes all understanding. And then that will guard his peace. He will guard who he is. What he has will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Can you come to me in the mode of thankfulness, no matter what the situation is, and see what I can do? Whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's easy when things are going good. It's easy when when things are great, you know, and and. and You've got everything that you need to come with that thankfulness in our heart. But I believe he's asking us in whatever situation, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, even when you don't know how you're going to get through that moment that you're in, can you come with thankfulness and thank me because I'm a good God, because I have everything that you need, and because I will help you through it. But can you come with thankfulness and allow me to be the guard of your heart and not lean on your own strength or your own understanding, but get my understanding. Get who I am and allow me to do it for you. Ephesians 5 and verse 4, it's talking about not, you know, you're supposed to walk in love, don't walk in, you know, this filthiness, this stuff that we shouldn't be walking in. In verse 4, it says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. You know, when I was younger, I, for whatever reason, one reason or the other, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's brain, the way my brain worked. Maybe it was the stuff that I had gone through when I was a kid. I don't know. But I had a sharp tongue. I could lash out. I could come back real quick in most situations and make you feel stupid. I'm just being honest, okay? And... and what I didn't understand then, and I understand now, is that, you know, joking around is fine, making jokes, having fun, that's fine. But you got to be careful when your mind goes straight toward snapping back at somebody or 
or lashing out because that doesn't just, you know, make you feel good. It may make you feel good for just a moment, but what it's actually doing is hardening and darkening your heart like we read in the scriptures before. And the way that you get better and better at it is the, is the more you do it, the more your heart is hardened, the more you can't feel that compassion and that love for those around you, and the easier it is to lash out at them. And the way that God has asked us to live, and I, my message isn't really a, all about that, but in the scripture it says, not foolish talking nor coarse jesting. What should our minds and our hearts first thought be? And I guess what I want to ask today to, to us, to me, to all of us, is what is that thing that our heart and our mind goes to in whatever situation that we're in? Somebody comes and insults me, what am I going to do? How am I going to react? Because it might be easy to lash out or come back at them. But that's not going to change the situation. What's going to change the situation is if my heart has compassion and thankfulness for that person. If I can love that person, that is what's going to change the situation. I believe that's what God wants to do in each and every one of us that he wants to do in this city, in our nation, and in our world. It doesn't mean I have to believe what that other person is saying. It doesn't mean that I have to agree with them. All it means is that I have to love them. Can we be thankful for even our enemies? And I think that's, that's what we should strive for. What's going to change? Not the fighting. The loving is what's going to change the world around us. And I want our world to change. But again, first, our hearts have to be in the right place. And can we guard our hearts with thanksgiving and gratefulness? Will you stand with me? Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message.